developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of Girls' Night. I'm your host, Alexis Waters. Let's get started. Guys, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) Is this rock bottom? Is this rock bottom? Like, do you guys think that I need an intervention? Okay, I don't know if there's a ghost in my office as well because the lights keep going in and out. So I apologize if you're watching on YouTube because I don't know what else to do. I am a hot mess express and and my mustache is in my beard. Okay, guys, what's up, Girls Night Gang? And welcome to a brand new episode of Girls Night with your girl, Alexis Waters. If you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you're up to date with all things Girls Night. Okay, let me get my um, mustache situated and my beard together and maybe my hair. I look like a crackhead on the street. I don't know what I look like, but I do not look like Tom Sandoval. And I'm usually like spot on with my character, <laughs> with my costumes. But, uh, this wig is, <laughs> I can't wait to burn this wig when I'm done. It is so itchy. I've had this since like COVID. So I don't know what's in this but it smells like asshole and this beard or goatee or vagina bush whatever it is (laughs) is giving my skin a reaction but you know what that show biz baby this is entertainment right okay um (laughs) i'm losing it okay guys today we are going to break down the Raquel Levy's and Bethany Frankel interview, okay? I truly, truly thought my Scandival days were behind me, and then Bethany Frankel entered the chat, okay? Bethany Frankel enters the villa, okay? Yeah, so I was I was super invested in Scandival. You guys know I've recapped, I really recapped like every fucking episode because every episode was... Emmy worthy. Like every episode of Vanderpump Rules season 10 was iconic. Like it was probably the best season of reality TV show of a reality TV show ever. Okay. And you know what? It took a lot of my time. It took a lot of my energy. I was very unproductive during those months other than talking about the show. And then when I was not watching the show, I was going on Instagram and looking at Instagram fucking account handles for Vanderpump Rules. So yeah. I was invested to say the least. And where did my mustache go again? Alrighty then. Um, so yeah, I really thought my my Scandival days were behind me, but I thought wrong because Bethany Frankel is 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 doing a lot these days. More than me. <laughs> Bethany Frankel is doing way more than me these days okay and I don't want to get too I don't want to touch a lot on like what she's actually doing because I really like tried to research it and comprehend like the whole 
like lawsuit and everything that she's doing. Dude, I look like I look like I'm on the Brady Bunch. Like, a, is there anybody that's a brunette on the Brady Bunch? Okay. Bethany Frankel is making headlines everywhere, okay? She seems to be trying to take down the very network that launched her into superstardom, okay? And I need answers, okay? I need answers. And I'm going to read off something from The Hollywood Reporter so I don't spread any false information. So according to The Hollywood Reporter, former Real Housewives of New York star Bethany Frankel is questioning why reality TV hasn't unionized. 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 Okay. She says, Hollywood is on strike. Entertainers are fighting for residuals and no one will promote anything. Why isn't reality TV on strike? Asked Frankel, who starred in eight seasons of the Bravo reality franchise before exiting in 2019. During the last writer's strike, we were providing all the entertainment and that's really when the gold rush of reality TV started. In a video posted to her Instagram, the Big Shot with Bethany producer revealed that she was only paid $7,250 for her first season of reality TV before, before calling for reality stars to stop filming until their free content is taken down. Frankel says networks and streamers shouldn't be able to continue profiting from stars without acknowledging the cultural and financial impact of reality shows like The Hills, Vanderpump Rules. And guys, you know how much Bravo means to me, okay? I mean, look at me. Look at me. I'm dressed up as Tom Sandville for a podcast. You think I don't love the network, okay? I, it, it, Bravo means so much to me. It's my therapy. It's my pride and joy. It's my escape from reality. It's my serenity. It's my woosah. But I am a fan of people getting paid what they deserve, okay? Where's my mustache? Where? Hold on. I don't want to read the next part until I have my mustache on, okay? Where are you? Where are you, mustache? Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? I used to have you on my lip, and now you're gone, so I'm gonna cry. Oh, found you. Okay, so according to page six, Franco, along with powerhouse lawyers Mark Jaragos and Brian Friedman, sent a stinging legal letter to her former TV network alleging grotesque and depraved, mis grotesque and depraved mistreatment, including plying cast members with alcohol while depriving them of food and sleep, denying mental health treatment to cast members, and covering up acts of sexual violence. According to Frankel, she has over 80 reality TV personalities in her camp or who have reached out to her with more details about the lawsuit. So yeah, that's what's going on there. I don't want to discuss too much of that because I'm not a lawyer and I don't want to spread any false information and I truly don't understand. Like I understand it, but like I'm not educated enough 
to discuss more, okay? Um, and all that, all I know is that Bethany Frankel is a resilient ass bitch, and I'm low key scared because if Bravo goes down, this podcast goes down, and I don't know where I'll be. I'll probably be in the street. Just maybe I can like go to New York City and just dress up as Tom Sandoval and be like in Times Square. Okay, yeah, I'm really losing it. And to be honest, I truly think that Bethany's whole like plan with. Uh, sitting down with Raquel was just a part of her larger goal of going after Bravo and yada, yada, yada. Okay, so if I didn't make any fucking sense just now, just know that I'm trying my best because I'm not really that educated regarding the law or just like lawsuits or even like strikes and unions. Like, I don't know. It's just not like I'm not the one to relay that type of information. So if I didn't make sense, I also hit up my friend who's a lawyer and she loves Bravo. So you know what? And I hit her up and I said, hey, can you like explain to me what Bethany Frankel is doing? But like explain it as if you were explaining it to a kindergartner. Okay, so I hit her up. Give me one second. But see, the things I do for the girls night listeners, because I feel like you guys are like me, right? Right. Okay. she said that she is she decided to go on a war path against Bravo and other reality TV networks even though she said in so many interview clips in the past that she loves Bravo and Andy and owes her success to them saying that reality stars deserve more pay better contracts should be paid royalties for people streaming the show should be allowed to break their NDA NDAs and long story short that reality stars should form a union and that next net and that networks are exploiting them. <sighs> My friend said that Bethany had her lawyers file a lawsuit against Bravo stating that the reality stars should be able to break their NDA. <laughs> NDAs to report discrimination or abuse. She also said to me that she's basically saying reality stars should go on strike and form a union so that they can demand things from their networks like royalties when reruns of the show shows are played. Reality stars shouldn't have to give the network part of the proceeds when they have successful products, etc. Okay, well, yeah, there's that. Okay, guys, I really tried my best to explain, so I don't know if I did good, but yeah, Bethany Frankel is currently in a lawsuit with Bravo and NBC Universal, and yeah, stay tuned on what Bethany Frankel will do next. Okay, let's move on, because I if I hear unions or like lawyers or like lawsuits one more time, I'm going to lose it, okay? Um, no, I'm just kidding, but like really. <sighs> I wish I was more educated. I think that's what I'm going to try to do this year. I think that's going to be my goal in my 30s is just to be more educated because I don't even know what legislative means. Like, I don't know what legislative means. I know what a union is. I know, like, I know, like, some things, guys. But, like, I was, like, reading all this stuff about Bethany and I fucking had no idea half the shit. So, yeah, I'm going to um, really start reading the dictionary and going to the library. Okay, um, so, Girls Night Gang, you guys know I never miss an opportunity to dress like a fool. So, of course, I had to. I just had to. And side note, 
I posted a video of me dancing as Tom Scandival. <laughs> as Tom Sandoval I was like doing this creepy like hip thrust stanky leg and I said I wonder if this was the style of dancing that Tom Sandoval was doing at the Abbey because that's was that's where the scene of the crime was the Abbey and that's where Allie James's girlfriend saw Raquel and Tom Sandoval dancing and I always wondered what kind of dancing were they doing? Were they grinding? Were they doing the cha-cha? Were they doing the salsa? Like, were, I want, were they bumping and grinding? Were they fucking hopscotching? I don't know. I just want answers, okay? So I posted, I took matters into my own hands, okay? And I posted a video of me, Tom Sandoval, dancing, and I tagged Allie, James's girlfriend, and I said, was this the style of dancing? And I was doing like a creepy, like stanky leg, and she said, ha ha ha, something like that. So shout out to Allie for answering me, and she is so cute. And then I was like, after she, after she confirmed the style of dancing, I was like, ha ha ha, can, can't you tell I'm an Aries? Because I know she's into horoscopes, but she didn't answer. Okay, so um, anyways, that's embarrassing. But yeah, shout out to Allie for answering my insane ass. Okay, so on August 16th, months after the infamous affair happened, the three-part interview dropped. And I'm so sorry that I'm so late to the party of recapping this, but I had to wait for the visual. Like, I'm a visual type of gal. That's why I started a YouTube channel for my podcast because we, like... You know what I mean? Like, I like to listen, but especially if I'm going to watch, like, such a big interview, I would like to see it with my own eyes, okay? And I would like to see Raquel's mannerisms and how she's, how she, how she's doing these days, okay? Um, so, yeah, I watched the one-hour, 38-minute interview, and I'm, I broke it all down because why? Because I am the best bitches. I wasn't shocked that Raquel wanted to do a sit down interview. I mean, I am shocked it was with Bethany Frankel, but I wasn't shocked because if you think about it, the girl had no chance at the reunion to stick up for herself, okay? I mean, she had Ariana ripping her to shreds at the reunion. She had James and Lala in the corner. Anything she said... <laughs> I don't even think she said anything. I think she just sat there. And then also she had a sit-down interview with Andy Cohen, and I think that lasted like five seconds. So, yeah, I'm definitely not shocked that she wanted to speak up and defend herself. And obviously I don't condone what she did, so don't come for me, people. But I do understand why she wanted to share her side of the story or whatever she wanted to do. Okay, so... <laughs> I feel like I look like a different, I feel like I'm morphing into Kris Jenner as the podcast goes, gets deeper and deeper. So, so today, where the fuck is my mustache? Are you kidding me? Did I flush it down the toilet? Sorry, I just had to pee and uh, it's no longer with me. And I need it to have the look. I need it to have the look. Oh, I found it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So today I am going to share with you guys the biggest takeaways from the podcast with Bethany and Raquel. I'm just going to share what I'm just going to basically 
tell you guys what the hell happened in the podcast so you don't even have to watch it, okay? I got you. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Don't you worry about it. Um, Okay, well, first up, Raquel in the interview says that she no longer wants to be called Raquel. So I fucked up the whole interview. I'm sorry, Rachel. She is now wanting to be called Rachel. She says, after doing some inner child work at the mental health facility she went to, she is now introducing her... She is now introducing herself as Rachel. Side note, I really want to do inner child work. So, but I'm like really scared. I don't know why. So if anybody, any listeners that have done inner child work, will you let me know that I'll be okay? I don't know why I'm scared. I feel like doing inner child work is kind of like doing ayahuasca. I don't know why, but those two go go together in my brain. Alrighty then. Um, yeah, so after doing some inner child's work, <laughs> why am I the way that I am? Why the hell would ayahuasca and inner child's work? I don't know. Maybe it's like just like a, I feel like it's like a re- rebirth in a way, okay? And uh, yeah, I'm really scared of doing ayahuasca and inner child work. So if anybody has done either one of those and they survived, let me know. Yeah, I really, really need to get over my fear. Like, I have a lot of random ass fears that I need to get over. I know I'm getting a little off track. But, like, even, like, boogers. Like, I have a serious, serious fear of boogers. And now that I'm becoming more open-minded to the fact of having children, yeah. I'm going to do a whole nother podcast of this newfound woman that I am by the way and uh, yeah I want to have kids yeah but like with kids comes a lot of boogers so I really need to go to like therapy to get over that fear because I like Tyler was driving the other day my fiance and he like picked his nose and then the entire time the whole time in the car I saw the booger on his finger and I kept staring at it and I was like I I don't know. He has to wash his hands. Like, I don't know. I think I have a little OCD. Okay, but enough about me. Um, (laughs) Sorry, guys. So I guess Rachel is what we're calling her now. I mean, good to know. Good to know. Watch I do inner child work and then I come back as... Oh, my God. My middle name is Ray. Because when I was born, my name was Rachel. My name was Rachel, and my grandma didn't like it. So it was Rachel Alexis when I was born. Like, I was born a Rachel. Then my grandma, I guess, looked at me and was like, nah, I don't like that name. She needs to be Alexis. So Alexis was born. So watch I go do inner child work, and I become Rachel too? Okay, Alexis, enough about you. She also explains her reasoning on why she went to a mental health facility in the first place, saying that the reason why I wanted to go to a treatment facility was to understand my behaviors, and my goal was to really get down to the bottom of, okay, why am I choosing men that are unavailable? Why do I keep finding myself in unhealthy relationships? What are the things that I need to change about my behavior? And in knowing that I needed to make a change, I first had to know what leads to those behaviors. Which, 
I was really proud of when she said that. Like when I when Rachel was saying these things, like talking about how she was reflecting and just trying to understand herself and why she's making these poor decisions. Like I was like, okay, girl, you go, girl. <sighs> like I was proud to say I was proud of her. Like I truly was when I was watching, I was like so proud of her for finally taking somewhat of accountability and trying to better herself. But then, but then I retracted those feelings when she started saying that her and Ariana being best friends was a narrative for the television show. Rachel says, in the interview, Ariana and I were not best friends. We were acquaintances who became friends through the show. She has always been someone who has been very sweet to me and would always stand up for me, but we never had a deep conversation that I would have with a best friend. Rachel also says she understands why people have the perception that she and Ariana were good friends, but that they did not actually hang out off camera one-on-one one-on-one at all though they started to hang out in group settings because tom sandoval invited her often so from the outside looking in she understands that it looks like they were good friends but maintains that they were not and like the whole time she was talking about like anytime tom sandoval was mentioned like she would like do this little giggle and like this little laugh and i don't know like i just couldn't like i was just like like, I, do, I just can't get over that the fair happened. Like, I understand, like, Alexis, like, move on with your life. But it's just so crazy. It, it's, I mean, that's why it was so, it was so nuclear because it was just so unexpected. And, like, every time, yeah, any time she would bring up, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Maybe I just can't picture Rachel and Tom Sandoval having sex. Like, you know, you have those friends that you can picture them having sex. And then there's friends that you can't. Like, Rachel would be one of those friends that I couldn't picture having sex. And then to have, to have, to picture it with Tom Sandoval, like, ew, you know, like, ew. Okay. Um, I mean, how can anybody... <laughs> Like, does anybody think Tom Sandoval is hot? Like, I feel like he he was kind of back in the day. But, like, now with the white nail polish, like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, but he does have good Botox. I'll give him that. And he has good skin. And he's an amazing singer, guys, okay? If you guys haven't, if you guys don't know, he does a bunch of, like, band tour dates. So you guys should go check him out. Another takeaway I got from the interview was when Bethany asked Rachel... So how much do you think their relationship is real in regards to Tom and Ariana? Rachel responds, I would not be involved in this affair. Secrecy type of situation if I thought there was longevity to their relationship. The people closest to them see that their relationship hasn't been what they portray on camera. And Tom Sandoval always told me that they were a brand which obviously is just a lie, Rachel. Come on, girl. Like, I think... <sighs> like, I can just totally see Tom Sandoval, like, selling her that lie. Like, 
yeah, like me and Ariana are just a brand. Like we're just together for the show. We make money together. Ugh. Rachel, ew, do you think Tom Sandoval called her Raquel or Rachel? Okay, I don't want to know. Now I'm picturing them have sex. Great, great, great. Oh, and another takeaway was that Rachel says she wants to acknowledge the hurt she's brought to a lot of people and says she was not careful or thinking long term. I could have told you that. Um, she also notes several times during the interview that reality TV is edited and contrived and not at all factual, which is very true. We all know reality TV obviously is not like, I mean, reality TV is like a lot of situations that you normally wouldn't put yourself in. OK, we all know that. But like, it's a fact that you had a seven month long fair like you that was not all on camera so like I don't know what the hell that comment was about oh another big takeaway which I was very eager to hear about was when Rachel was talking about her friendship with Sheena Shea so Rachel says that Sheena painted a narrative that she was the sister I never had and also addresses the fact that she apparently lived in Sheena Shea's apartment rent free, which Rachel says was also simply a narrative. She said that Sheena was not living there at the time and that not only did she pay rent, she also was cat sitting Sheena's cat who was being pumped with mercury for a treatment and that Sheena could not be near the cat while she was breast this is not funny while she was breastfeeding her daughter her daughter Rachel also says that she was a guest on Sheena's podcast all the time so like kind of she was kind of saying like yeah like I went on Sheena's podcast and I talked about my breakup with James and Sheena told me that that was like her number one podcast ever like it was the most downloaded or whatever and uh, yeah so that's what she talked about with Sheena which all I fucking got from that was the fucking mercury and the cat okay I don't have a cat don't come for me cat people but how what the fuck does that mean what does that mean she had to she had to be pumped with mercury I swear, the Vanderpump rules people live in a different world. I don't know if, like, mercury for a cat is normal, but I've never fucking heard of that in my life, okay? Um, <laughs> and, like, why would you have to bring that up? Like, don't, like, you've already done enough. Don't get the cat involved, okay? Rachel also talks about the uh, allegation that she got punched in the face by Sheena, which, um... I love Sheena, I love Sheena, I love Sheena. And Sheena claims that she can't physically make a fist because she has long ass nails, which, if you wanna tell people that, go right ahead. But, uh, I mean, I think she punched her. I mean, I would, so I'm not saying anything, you know? Um, but, you know, my fighting days are over, okay? My, <laughs> oh, sorry, I just had a daydream of when I used to, Fuck bitches up. Okay. Um, Rachel. But. But guys, violence is not the answer. Okay. Violence is not the answer. Rachel says that she also. 
looked up to her fellow cast members and saw them as role models and that infidelity was normalized. She believes it's uncanny to see the hate that this specific affair has brought up in people when almost every single cast member has been involved in an affair, which is completely true, but doesn't make it right, Rachel. Doesn't make it right. Rachel and Bethany discussed the fact that Tom Sandoval allegedly recorded a video of her without her consent, without her consent via FaceTime, explaining, I was in New York for Watch What Happens Live and I decided to be adventurous and look at the adult check and look at the adult section of the TV. It turned into a more intimate FaceTime, and I expected to have privacy in that moment. Later that day, she said she was celebrating with Sheena after filming Watch What Happens Live and actually told her hairstylist, I can handle anything. But then five minutes later, she received texts from Ariana that were screen-recorded videos of her on FaceTime with Tom Sandoval with the text, you're dead to me. She said that this is how she found out she was She's been recorded without her consent. Consent. Rachel was also very worried that her screen recordings would be leaked and that she said she felt pressured in that moment. Rachel also said that one of the reasons she and Tom Sandoval's affair went on for so long is because Tom Sandoval could not come up with a resolution on the timeline of their relationship, which is come fucking believe. <laughs> Sorry. Which is complete fucking bullshit. He wanted to have his cake and eat it too. Let's be real. Then Kristen Doty gets brought up in the interview. Rachel entails that she might have been silenced regarding a physical assault allegation against James, but was offered a spinoff show instead. Rachel tells Bethany, it's interesting that you mentioned Kristen because Kristen was just talking about her tumultuous relationship with James and what happened behind closed doors. Then all of a sudden, she is presented with this spinoff, which I believe was a way to silence her, to keep that under wraps so the longevity of Vanderpump rules can continue. Rachel also believes that she was exploited and that the network behind Vanderpump Rules is running to the bank over this scandal. And she has not seen a single penny. And because of this, she felt drawn to Bethany, given Bethany has been very outspoken about the treatment and exploitation of reality stars. Going on, going so far as to enlist attorneys. Bethany um, goes as far as to say she pays her own interns more than what Rachel has made on Vanderpump, which, which uh, according to TMZ, they issued a report stating that Rachel allegedly received over $350,000 for season 10, which has since been confirmed. So I don't know, I don't know what to believe that Rachel has said because how are you going to say you're broke, but then you got $350,000? I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, Bethany. Okay, guys. So a lot, a lot, a lot of information that um, I wanted to share with you guys. What do you guys think? Like, what is your takeaway from the Rachel and Bethany podcast? What was your biggest takeaways? Um why don't you guys leave a comment down below sharing your thoughts and opinions on the whole 
podcast. Oh, and since this interview with Bethany and Rachel came out, of course, the Vanderpump Rules cast had to share their opinions. First, Tom Sandoval <laughs> says that he was too busy to listen to Raquel Levis's comments on Bethany Frankel's podcast. Katie Maloney took to her Instagram story to troll the podcast and said that I, I think she was playing a song like, why the fuck you lying? So basically saying that Rachel, I just tried to say Rachel and Raquel at the same time. Basically, Katie's saying that Rachel, Rachel is a liar. Um, uh, Kristen Doty even shared her thoughts on Levis's interview, saying that although all of Levis's claims weren't true, that some of them were taking to her Instagram stories, saying that Rachel isn't lying. She is telling some truths. Lala Kent says that Bethany Frankel completely exploited Rachel Levis and Lala, saying that Rachel not returning to VPR, Vanderpump Rules, is a travesty. Okay, Girls Night Gang, there you go. The biggest takeaways from the three-part interview with Bethany Frankel and Rachel Levis. Um, I did my best I could to gather all the information and relay it to you. And yeah, let me know your thoughts. I feel like, I feel like it's kind of like so complicated and just like, I just want to know what's next for Rachel. Like, oh my God. And Rachel's starting a podcast. Like what? I mean, she's got to make money somehow. So I get it. Well, okay, guys, I need to pee, I need a shower, and I need to put deodorant on. And speaking of, last but not least, can somebody send me a deodorant recommendation that actually works, please? Okay, um, Girls Night Gang, thank you guys so much for listening. And don't forget to click the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you love me. See you guys next week. Woo! I'm getting a rash on my face. Love ya. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can catch an all new episode of Girls Night every Tuesday and make sure to follow us on social media at AlexisWaters underscore and at Girls Night Hangout where you can find weekly updates about the show and some behind the scenes action. Also, make sure to check out my jewelry brand at Who Nation by Alexis and use code BLASH25 for 25% off your entire purchase. And please don't forget to subscribe. Love you. Bye.